All right, greetings, everyone. This is Ross Ben with my good brother, Mystic Mike, Susquehanna Alchemy. We're here for episode 12, Mystics of the 40th Parallel, from the 40th Parallel. So woo, it's been a journey. 12th episode, it feels like the 24th episode, you know, but uh, we're thankful to be here. Name of this one is As Above, So Below. We're heading into 2022. There was a, a Sagittarian solar eclipse a couple of days ago. It's just been like uh, a lot of astrological, astronomical events occurring. So we felt like it would be a good time to talk about the heavens, how what goes on in the celestial sphere is reflected on what we experience here on in this realm and the different lenses you know just like uh, <clears throat> a scientist may use different lenses on a microscope to study the microscopic world we can use different systems of astrology which are like uh you know, different lenses of looking at the macrosphere, you know, the, the cosmos. And so we're going to talk about different lenses, uh, how to uh, be able to use multiple lenses and be in heart, you know, not to be in conflict, like, mm -hmm. oh, uh, geocentric astrology doesn't work and sidereal astrology isn't, you know, made for uh, humans, it's made for uh, nations, kind of just cancel out the contrary perspectives, get more of a singularity, just like uh, if you have a, you're using a microscope that has three lenses on it, it's not like uh, if one lens is good for this particular cell, the other lenses is a problem. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You use them to look at at the same phenomena from a, a a different scope, a different angle. So that's what we're gonna explore today. So we're gonna open up with Mystic Mike, and uh, yeah, get ready. All right, good brother. All right, Roz. It is. Uh, it's. Uh, it's really nice to see you. It's nice to hear your voice. Um, it feels like a long time has, a lot has happened. A lot has happened since the last time we did that. I wanna, I wanna take that out of time, you know, that's been a long time and move it into action. And so that's my point of reference. A lot has happened since the last time. It's happened, yeah. And so it feels like a long time. Right, right, but but they're different. They, they they intersect, and like the more we could just slice and dice that, and be aware that we're slicing and dicing. All we're doing is we're strengthening and we're developing at that muscle, that muscle to be able to discern the difference. So that being said, where do, where do I want to begin with this? Well, first off is um, so so astrology. I, I I start off every one of my sessions set with with this kind of statement, and not this isn't a session, but I like it. I kind of like it, so I'm going to start this. Um, astrology is the birthright of every single human being. Hmm. And when I say that, like I kind of like like I, I you know this is part of my the 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 thing which I do is like I, I'll have a dramatic pause. So I have a dramatic pause because 
I want someone to kind of think about what, or, or to have time to, to come up with a point of reference for that statement. Because I kind of think they're going to go in a little bit different of a thinking that I mean something different within what I do mean. And what I do mean by that is the, the, the basic, the, the foundation of being a human being like we, is, is, is mystery. We don't know where we are. We don't know how we got here. We don't know what we're supposed to do. There are many, many stories that answer that question. But at the end of the day, if you're being honest, you come to a level of, of belief when if you're going to commit to one um, or you just say like, well, there's never any way, at least in this in this perspective of, of knowing. So from that and every human being has felt that who's ever kind of gone through the process, every human being, regardless of time, timeline, if they lived in a house, if they live in a city, they lived in a hut. I don't know where they would walk outside at some point. And they would look up into the heavens and they would ask the most basic question. They'll be like, where am I? Give me a sign. What am I supposed to do? That is the most basic thing which all of us have shared I don't, in, in whatever context. And so that's what I mean by astrology is our, is our birthright to look out by not knowing what, where, and when we are then given this above us for clues. And so what you do with that, you know, that's, that's, those are the lenses what you're talking about. So, so there's that, and it's it's a beautiful tradition, but but um, it's a it's it's also it it requires, I think, in my opinion, a lot of discipline, and a lot of discipline is the ability to change lenses, to recognize a lens, and so forth. So that uh, that being said, I want to begin with I want to begin with a little personal because you mentioned the the sage uh, the sage eclipse the sage eclipse. Um, that happened, that happened, and this, this is going to tie back in the presentation a little bit, but that happened at, at um, in tropical astrology, it happened at uh, uh, 12 degrees Sagittarius, and it happened on December the 4th, and my 50th birthday was on December the 2nd, and that is at 10 degrees Sagittarius, so there's, you, there, that we call that a two degree orb, or two, a two degree difference, so basically what you see is, you know, it's my birthday, Right. And there is a 50th. And in our culture, 50 has like a significant, every zero has, has a significant in other, num in other cultures with other number systems, maybe there was no big difference. 50th didn't matter. They did, or they did birthdays. Like that's not universally true, but when you got it, but, but the number, but when you do have on your birthday, particularly of those of us who, who are able to count and you are the, the solar cycle, well, an eclipse is a big deal. And so, so there's a big deal there. And then also tied in with, with our, our calendar system for whatever reason, reason 12022021 is a numerical palindrome you're like wow right. that's kind of weird so i got a 50th birthday and i got a i got a i got a an eclipse on this birthday and i got this palindrome on the numbers and you know you know about about eclipses like i do and so you know you've got kind of like two in a year and the last eclipse cycle which we had in, 20, in in this year was in june and it just so happened that where that where the lunar eclipse happened then was on the exact same degree uh with the zero orb of where my moon is in my natal chart there's a little bit of inside baseball for you folks but the reason why I'm sharing this with, with Roz and to anyone else who can kind of follow along with those details is um, those are indicators. If you're someone who follows the clock in the heavens, those are indicators of pay attention. But once we get into what to pay attention for or how to interpret, that is where, that is where lenses begin. 
And one of the things, or maybe even the primary piece of this presentation, which I want to talk to, is being able to have a relationship like I'm describing right now and how yours truly is meeting this particular time, which is I recognize that I should be looking for something, but I am freeing myself from the definition of what it is that I'm looking for. Okay. And we can do that with astrology. And that's kind of, that's where, that's where uh, I'm going to go with our presentation. So I'm going to pull up the shared screen right now. Can you see this, Ross? Is yeah, this on? All right. All right. So uh, a week ago, I put out a totally different presentation. If you haven't seen it, go see it. And it's all about, it's all about the metaverse. All right. And within this presentation, a key thing, which I talk about is is coming forward the, the potentiality of being lost in different realities and not even recognizing it is going to become a more and a more acute sort of scenario. We could see that technologically, we could see in all these different ways, you know, and we're seeing it all around us in so many different ways of just like everything is like fake. And so this ability to discern, to discern realities is going to be very, very significant. So what does this got to do with astrology? All right. So we're going to go back to basics. And this is, I, I like to just coin this uh, objective astrology, but this is just totally Mike's terminology for it. But we're going to be able to look at the charts because there's all, a very few people can go and look at this chart. Like I have a thousand random folks on the street. Let's say one out of a thousand can look at this, maybe one out of a hundred, uh, is going to be able to look at this and be able to make sense and be able to read it. Um, and so, so those that do, they tend to be able to read this in a, in a certain type of lens. And what that lens is, is as a narrative, as a story. But we also want to be able, or I, what I would like to be able to, to demonstrate today is how we can begin to look at it, not just purely as a story, but a literal representation for what the heavens looks like at this particular time. Like what you see with your eyes outside in the, the quote, what I call the baseline reality. That's what I'm gonna call the natural world. This whatever the hell stars are, whatever these planets are, we can agree that we see them with our eyes. And, when, and that is what I mean by the baseline reality. When we look at these charts, we can also they're, look, they're, if I could say they're like a picture of the sky. They are literally. So I'm going to break that down. So let's look at what we have. This is Monday, December the 6th, 2021 at 430. So this was two, this was an hour ago from when we're recording. So, and you can see, ladies and gentlemen, at 440, so really 10 minutes later, at 10 minutes later, this is when the sun set. This is Lancaster, Pennsylvania. This is Lancaster, Pennsylvania. This is the snapshot of the heavens, okay? Why I've talked about false realities is because often when we read this purely or we see this purely as a narrative and we don't understand the reality in which we're seeing in it, we're just, we are training ourselves to only go into, into one reality sort of lens. And what I'm doing right now is I am just simply for the sake of developing another lens. So we learn the muscle, which can be applied in every way, but this is, I would argue the most significant way to do it being able to see the material reality. It's real simple, folks. You look at this. When you see this thing right here, the ascendant, this is always the same. This is literally your eastern horizon. 
This right here is literally the Western horizon. And this right here, this triangle is the highest point you could see on the ecliptic. I'm gonna define that in a moment. So what that means is everything here is visible in the sky and everything here you can't see, okay? But the reason why I'm showing you this is, and I'm gonna make this very, very clear for you. That's the point of this. This is 4.30 PM, 4.40 is when the sun sets. This right here is the sun. This is the symbol of the sun. As I said, this is the Western horizon. This is the most literal thing you can imagine. When you see the sun is right here, that means the sun is setting. Of course, it's going to be here. The moon I could find right here. These, each of these symbols is a representation of either a planet, an asteroid, or a location in the heavens. But what we see right here is this is where they are. When you become familiar with your chart from a space location, you can walk out at any given time and understand your relationship with the time, with the different parts of the heavens without having to in define it, just an inner knowing. So let me keep on going and make this a little bit more real. This is a picture taken outside of my house. This was taken September 20th, 2021 at 9 p.m. So uh, what I'm doing is I'm looking south. If you are in the Northern Hemisphere, you need to know where South is. When you look South, uh, you're going to have the Eastern horizon where the, where the sun rises on your left. That's, and then the West is gonna be on the right. And so if you were to tilt up your chin, just ever so slightly, if you were to tilt up your chin, you're not craning your neck, you're not looking straight over your head, you're just tilting your chin in the most natural human position. If you're looking South, you are going to see this thing which is called the ecliptic. And what the ecliptic is, is what we're looking at right here. The ecliptic is the line, but it's more like a racetrack in which all of our heavenly bodies go across. For whatever reason, and there's a lot of stories for different reasons, but nonetheless, this is what you will see. If you tilt up almost designed in perfect ergonomics to the human form, you don't have to lie on your back, look straight up, you just look south and lower, you're going to see the ecliptic. And what we see right here and what I'm looking at are three things which are highly visible to the human eye. This is Jupiter, this is Saturn, and then this here is the moon. So now we're gonna go and look. Hey, Let's Mike, go. Yes, sir. Point out that the ecliptic is the zodiac too. Oh, we're going there, my friend. All right, cool. We're going there. All they right. are, but, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna point out how the ecliptic and the zodiac are pointing to the same thing, but it is for our discernment to recognize the difference. Huh. They both have a place. So here we go. What did we see? This is the, the chart for the same time, 9.20, 9 p.m. Lancaster. This is right outside. We can see right here. This MC means the top of the chart, this triangle. And then I've kind of cleaned it up and we see Saturn, and right to the left of it is Jupiter. And then look right down here, it's the moon. And by the way, do you see the moon is opposite the sun? That means we know it's full. So let's go and look at this again. That's Saturn, that's, Ju oh no, that's the wrong one. I'm sorry, I was going forward. Saturn, Jupiter, here's our full moon. It exactly lines up. The point of doing this, the most significant point is something where you don't get any return other than the fact that you're refreshing. In the same way you're refreshing your browser, you're refreshing your consciousness outside of the matrix into at least the baseline reality in which planets and stars exist. And you're doing it with knowing what you're seeing and you're verifying it. So now we're gonna go and look at this a little bit differently. 
This right here is the exact same. We could see these lines right here. These are power lines in front of my house. This was taken September 20th. This is taken in front of the house also here, the power lines, but it is on October 14th. So that would be 25 days later. So now we see this is, this is actually a quarter moon. You can't tell because of the, the um, exposure from the camera. We've got Saturn, we've got Jupiter, and we've got the quarter moon. Let's go look right here. We've got the same thing, October 14th, 10 p.m. We've got Saturn, we've got the moon right in the middle, we've got Jupiter. We can go and begin to see what is in our out, what we're witnessing with our eyes, what we're witnessing with our eyes, um, we, can, we can see how it lines up directly to this two-dimensional chart. And the reason why we're doing this is we're understanding what's happening in the sky through the lens of astrology, but we're doing it in a way where we understand the reality and we're not just accepting an abstract idea. That's what that, that in itself is a muscle, which will be applied to so many other parts of our, our lives, particularly coming forward. So I want to go and show something else, which is kind of interesting, because the better we understand the mechanisms of the, 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 the sky, the more we just bring awareness. What it does is it just links us on that level. We're not linked through, our, through the mediumship of our smartphones. We're, linked, we're not linked through a, a, a textbook which was given to us. <clears throat> we are linked through our own eyes and understanding. So what's happening right now, this is, this is Jupiter, this is Saturn. But guess what? When the sun was over here, so if this is 4.30, let's say 3.30 p.m. when the sun's right here, I can't see Jupiter and Saturn. I can't see Jupiter and Saturn because the sun's out. The sky is light. It is only once the sun is beneath the plane of the west, you know, once it goes away, once it gets dark out, that you can see the sky. Um, and that's what we saw right here in, in October. And now here we are in December in December, and the sun is getting closer to this, the amount of distance. And you know this because you know, you know the calendar as it relates to astrology. The sun is going to be here, uh, is going to be here in about 30 days. And so of course it's going to disappear. We can follow that by looking at the by going forward um, by using just free software equipment or free software on the internet by looking at where the sun is in the heavens, we're gonna know when we're gonna be able to see Jupiter and Saturn again, because very shortly, they're going to be um, invisible. And what's really interesting, I recommend everyone who's watching this, you wanna familiarize yourself with this uh, immediately because you're gonna get a treat. You're gonna to begin to see, and you see this just with your, with your normal eye vision, you don't need anything. You're gonna be able to see Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn all gonna be the same place. We've only got about three weeks to see it before it disappears to the spring. But I'm gonna show a little bit more and then I'm gonna hand it back to you. So. Um, all right, so I want to talk a little bit about the movement of what we see right here. This is the ecliptic. The ecliptic we think of as a racetrack. It's a general line. The Saturn and Jupiter we see are on it. The, uh, the moon's a little bit lower beneath it. The sun kind of goes on this general line. And there are really two motions that happen. On a given evening, you will see, for example, this. Saturn, Jupiter, and the moon moving as a one unified peace, uh, keeping their distance the same throughout the night. It would rise and fall. But over time, Jupiter and Saturn and the moon, they orbit. And so they move, but you don't see it. So the movement which the planets make, Jupiter, assuming it's not in retrograde, all the planets are going to be moving this way. But the night sky moves the opposite way. 
The reason I'm pointing that out is it 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 implies a a counter and a um, a forward movement which is happening before our eyes, and you can go and apply that. We're literally seeing that happening on two different time sca scales before our eyes. And when we recognize that is the energy we're being bathed within, we can then understand how that affects us in a variety of different ways. Um, last thing I just want to go. You mentioned the ecliptic, so here's another way of looking at it. You can imagine yourself on Earth. This is you standing on Earth, and this this line right here is the ecliptic. This is the racetrack. You're just gently lifting up your neck. You're looking south, and this is what you see is the ecliptic. And the ecliptic is what the the planets, for whatever reason, the ecliptic. What its definition is is this racetrack which the planets and heavenly bodies seem to move upon. However, if we just named it that, it would be very, very, it it, we wouldn't be able to articulate where a particular planet is. We need a point of reference. And so what the ecliptic has been done is it's been divided into different segments as identified by, by constellations. And what that does is it takes this, this circular shape and it divides it up so you can go and identify what a location is. So when you say that, oh, look, this, this thing which we're calling Mars is located here, what the here is is, is identifiable by... Um, by by a constellation and we we understand that through degrees so we can give specific locations and and the ancients had the ability to very easily measure it and you could see movement and we can do that nowadays with both our eyes we could do it with a lap with like a any sort of computer software you could get books you could get uh, which can help you but nonetheless this is what we have and when we go and we divide the ecliptic that divided ecliptic is known as the zodiac and you have 12 signs zodiac You've got 13 signed zodiac, which certainly implies that, well, you could have multiple, multiple, multiple signed zodiacs. What the zodiac refers to is the ecliptic, but the ecliptic not in a whole, but the ecliptic divided. So think about it no differently than the landmass that we call North America. Like we invented the fact that there's a meso, a middle America, uh, and then a South America and a North America. Like those are invented. It makes it easy to explain what we're talking about. You know, we invented the line between between uh, Pennsylvania and Maryland. It's invented, but it's helpful. And you could you could look at the zodiac that way. There's a real truth to the zodiac, but there's also something which is as real or on on parallel to the reality of border. Those are true, but there's also a reality in which they are not. Um, so we got that. Uh, this here is just a, a breaking up of how we can think of the ecliptic from this 30 degree distance. That's what we think of the zodiac each sign. If it's 12 signs zodiac, which is quite uh, applicable for our, our episode number 12 today, um, that's 30 degrees. 30 degrees is, is just relative. A circle has nothing to do with 360 degrees. A circle is a shape which every point is equidistant to a, a center point. 360 degrees is just a Babylonian system which we use. So the, the, um, the last thing I want to point out is how, how this shows itself in reality. So we, I've used this, this picture before, and this was taken. This is, the, this is a degree of objective truth. This is Mike looking out of his house on September 20th, 2021 at 9 p.m. and being able to identify Saturn, Jupiter, and the moon. That is an objective truth. If I were to go and give the definition of where Saturn, Jupiter, and the moon are, and I followed the zodiac of the tropical chart, I would say they are located right here, where, where Saturn is at seven degrees Aquarius, and that puts it 
um, 11 degrees away from the, the highest part of the ecliptic. So that would be right about here. That's what, that's what, what tropical would say. But I could also look at sidereal. And sidereal is just a, another way in which the zodiac is calculated. And look, Saturn, Jupiter, and Mars, and the moon, they're exactly in the same place as they were before. But we could see whereas Saturn was located at seven degrees Aquarius, well, now we have it located at 12 degrees, at 12 degrees Capricorn. It's still 11 degrees from, from the top of the ecliptic, the highest point of the ecliptic, the midheaven. That doesn't change. Saturn is still right here. Jupiter is still right here. The moon is still right there. This is not, what I'm saying right now is, is so we can begin to recognize where all of these different lenses come in together. Because I think, Roz, you're going to go and tell us a beautiful story from a, a tropical perspective of what's happening in the heavens. And I know there are people who could look at Sidereal and tell us like a, a really beautiful story of what's going on right now. But in a way, we can go and work with them all, as you said, but that begins, in my opinion, with the discernment to be able to recognize what it is we're seeing. Because once we can recognize from what we're seeing and how it translates to a chart, we then have a much, much greater um, appreciation and understanding with everything that comes afterwards. So it's with that, my friend, <laughs> that was a whole bunch. I'm gonna hand it back to you. All right, give thanks. That was great too, brah. All right, let me uh, pull my screen up, all right? It says, uh, Host disable my screen sharing. All right, so let me go and see, try it now. All right. All right, I kind of want to uh, start before we get into talking about 2022 specifically. I wanted to build on what you shared, man, because understanding this lens is very important. And first, let's start by talking about how we get meaning from that circle. Right? So this is the same ecliptic that you were just talking about, right? Right here is the Eastern horizon, the ascendant. This is probably one of the most critical points in the entire Zodiac, because they say all souls enter the earth plane from the Eastern horizon. So whatever constellation is on this horizon at the time of birth, like this is where one's soul essence uh, enters the earth plane. You know, this is where they come from, right? And the sun just represents what people see, the part of yourself you allow others to see. Uh, in the West, the sun sign is given prominence, right? Like you say, I'm a Sagittarius. You identify as astrologically as a Sagittarian. And, you know, I would be a Pisces, right? But ancients probably would have given more prominence over what was on that Eastern horizon because they said that's the essential self, the I am that I am, you know, the uh, 
Ross, that is Ross. That, you know, can choose what I radiate out and allow others to see. That's what your sun sign represents. So uh, this ascendant and descendant where the sun sets, these line of horizons, it separates two distinct hemispheres in a chart, upper hemisphere, lower hemisphere. Lower hemisphere is our private, below the scene, below the horizon self, right? Upper hemisphere is our public self, our public domain, okay? You mentioned the midheaven also, the point where the highest point in the heavens at the time we were born, right? When you draw a line that defines the mid heaven and the nadir, which is the lowest point, like where the sun is around midnight, right? You got two mirror images of the heaven, you know, a left side and a right side, okay? Left side, they say, represents our personal self. Right side represents our interpersonal self. So then when you look at these two lines together, you get what is uh, looked at as the four major quadrants. A private personal quadrant, a private interpersonal quadrant, right? Then you get a public interpersonal quadrant on this side and a public personal quadrant right here, okay? You also mentioned that uh, the most traditional system of giving even finer definition to the heavens is to break it up into 12 houses as well as 360 degrees, right? There's definitely a way to give meaning to each degree. We're not gonna get into that tonight, but uh, it is important to know how meaning is given to each of the 30 degree signs or 30 degree houses of the heavens because this is the foundation of what we call the zodiac, you know? So uh, the first is the 12, we know that there are four elements manifest in creation, right? So they give the elements an order, fire, earth, air, water, fire, earth, air, water. Now, when you study the elements, each element has what you would call a quality. Well, they have three qualities. They can manifest in one of three qualities. And that would either be cardinal, fixed, or mutable. And that's the pattern of that. So, of, well, of the quality. So the first house 
is cardinal fire. Second house, fixed earth. Third house, mutable air. Fourth house, cardinal water, etc., etc., etc. Right? To be able to visualize uh, an element in one of these three qualities, think about water, <clears throat> which can either be uh, coming into itself, which would be cardinal, how water condensates if you have a cold body in humid air. Water is just going to come into being. It's just going to materialize out of thin air, right? You can have fixed water, which is like water in a pond, water in a lake, water in a glass of water, I mean, uh, in a glass or a vase or a container, right? Or you could have mutable water, water that's boiling and evaporating. And so, you know, if it boils over time, it's gonna just mutate, it's gonna transform from water to gas. So each element has, can manifest in one of these three qualities. And that's really the foundation that we get the meaning of Aries or Taurus, Gemini, et cetera, et cetera, right? So I wanted to start with that. Let's see if I can get out of this. Mike, you with me? Just want to make sure I'm still on. You're still on, and and I wanna I wanna add this. Um, taking what I what I said previously with what you just shared is a a deep and balanced way of of becoming aligned with all that the heavens can tell us. Right. And it's it's a it's it's a deep, in my opinion, what we what, what what we're witnessing, what we're doing right here is a deeper practice than just simply learning to hear these different ways of looking at something um, simultaneously like this is. Uh, it's a power. It's a powerful initiation, in my opinion. So I just want to throw you that. I love what I'm hearing. So keep going. Oh, give thanks. So uh, I think all of this blah, blah, blah. It's just reaffirming. Yeah, we may come back to some of this. All right, let's see what else we got. All right. So yeah, let's, uh, cause we wanna honor time. We don't wanna be, make this some three hour, something people have to endure. Let's just, you know, drop a little practical practicality of this, right? Uh, now, when we do, now there's many realms of astrology. Most people experience what you would call personal or natal astrology, right? Getting personal readings, but there is what's also called uh, like mundane astrology, looking at world global events and seeing, you know, taking a picture of the sky 
at pivotal points in our timekeeping systems, you know, like New Year's Day, for example. And based on the picture, the sky of New Year's Day, build meaning into what we may expect that year. Okay. So that's kind of a fun way to play with astrology because you could kind of throw out predictions and visions for what may manifest in the year. And then at the end of the year, look back and see how accurate were you or, you know, uh, you were on the right road, but maybe the wrong direction or, you know, just, or maybe parallel, like, yeah, you, you, what you predicted was, was this, but even though that didn't happen, some parallel events occurred, you know? So, uh, I am planning to post a 2022 forecast where we go into that in depth, but we can just kind of look back on what we said we might anticipate in 2021 and look a little bit of what we can expect beginning of 2022, you know, but we said at the end of 2020, what was coming up in 2021, we said that impersonal becomes personal and big brother becomes big daddy. And that what we were gonna see uh, characterize 2021 was that impersonal controls of society were gonna have profound personal impacts. And this was because of the Aquarius activation that was going on in the 2021 chart, specifically Jupiter and Saturn uh, conjuncting at zero degrees Aquarius, starting a 20 year Aquarian trigon and a 200 year air trigonalist. I'm not gonna get into all what that means other than to say it was gonna start, it was gonna be, uh, inner planets activating Aquarian energy. And as I'm sure many people know, or at least have heard, like we're moving into the Aquarian age, that these uh, inner planets impacting and activating Aquarius. And right, they're inner planets, but I should even be more specific. Jupiter is the ruler of space. Saturn is the ruler of time. These are considered the great chronocratons or the great rulers of space-time. They usher in the grander ages. So these are like some inner planets ushering in this grander 2000 year Aquarian cycle that uh, we're moving into. So a lot of people are excited about the coming Aquarian age. They see it as a possibility of like this egalitarian, uh, equal rights and justice, social oneness, golden age. And that potential is there. And what I will say is the Aquarian age will be what we make it. But the shadow of Aquarius, right now we're seeing a lot of it. And that shadow is the impersonal controls of society. 
okay, where Aquarius, impersonal controls of Aquarius, no one is like, uh, there's no one person personally telling you to do something. But if you wanna be a viable member of the social order, yeah, you need to make that decision, go ahead and do it. Now, before 2021, my biggest example of this was the cell phone, where I'm sure most people listening to this, you got a cell phone, and even though it's poisoning you vibrationally and energetically with, you know, EMF, toxic frequencies, uh, you're spying on yourself. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, smartphones make dumb people like our mental capacity has decreased with the cell phone. Like it's creating all these problems, but no one told us to get it. No one told us like, yo, you have to get this cell phone. But we know if we wanna be a viable member in today's society, we need a cell phone, right? But we know that Gilly Bates Hocus Pocus is really the biggest specter of how we're seeing these impersonal controls being imposed on us, you know? So I'm not gonna get into all the whys. Yeah, I'm gonna post uh, another more detailed forecast. So just look out for that, you know? But some of the ways we've seen this uh, impersonal become impersonal, right? You had government, govern, governments using spyware on ones they considered, uh, we say, uh, rebels or terrorists, you know? You had uh, China using it on the Uyghurs. You had Israelis using it on Palestinians. Australia, wow, they just went straight full blast with the technology and military lockdown, you know? And we know the mandate battles going on here in the US, so yeah. Intense year, intense year with the impersonal really impacting our personal lives. We said there may have been some grace in May because Jupiter was gonna fly through Aquarius and enter Pisces. I don't know. I don't know if we saw any grace in May. We may have, we might need to really look at some events that occurred in May and, and have that to share in the fuller reasoning. But we do have to ask that same question at the beginning of 2022 because Pisces, is going to be activated with Jupiter and Neptune, okay? Which says we might get a glimpse of grace this year from the Gilly Bates, Hocus Pocus, causing these personal life issues, you know? We really have to see. But what we'll say are going to be the active keywords of 2022 
personal atonement, bloodline redemption. Like if you're going to make it happen, if you're going to do some works that, you know, you want to see manifest as redemptive atoning uh, efforts, hey, 2022 is the year to get it in. It's also going to be a year of instant karma. I already been seeing a lot more of that, but it's going to be a year. Instant karma as well as full circle karma. Pisces is the last sign, the 12th sign. And not only is Jupiter in, Nept in, in Pisces, but Neptune is too. Both rulers of Pisces. Okay, last time this alignment occurred was 1856. And the time before that was 1690. So this has only occurred really two times since this 400 year Jamestown uh, timeline has jumped off. 1690 and 1856. So a lot of full circle karma is going to be, you know, man, we're going to be seeing it. We're going to be seeing karma come full circle. Divine angelic intervention. Anytime, this may be the time. What people would say is fulfillment of prophecy and revelations being revealed. Spiritual warfare, that, uh, that astral world, things like that all year, but it also ultimately, why? Because this is a time where mass spiritual awakenings is possible. So they're gonna be doing their best to keep the frequency down, you know? So exciting year, exciting year. To make the best of it, you're doing your spiritual works in the beginning of the year, Jupiter enters Pisces December 28th, a couple of days before December, I mean, January 1st. And you see these dates right here uh, when Jupiter is going to be activating the outer planets in February, April, and May. Sometimes we want to be activating, doing our works, activating those themes I just mentioned by June. Jupiter is going to go retrograde. It's hard to manifest Jupiterian efforts when Jupiter is retrograde. It's best when it's moving forward. Okay. It will go direct again in November, but it's going to leave Pisces by December. So May is this time to, to get it in. All right. Here are a couple of other active dates in March and April to be aware of. March 5th, March 21st, the equinox, spring equinox, and April 30th. Jupiter's going to be active, okay? We mentioned 1856, last time Jupiter-Neptune conjunction occurred, three geniuses, multi-talented geniuses was born with this signature. Tesla being one, Booker T. Washington, founder of Tuskegee, Granville T. Woods, inventor of many things, you know, all born in 1856. What else was popping off? Opium Wars. So we already see this Heron thing, this, uh, Opium thing is real big, right? I call it a heroin, but it's really the fentanyl and all that now. It's gonna be 
off the chain in 2022, sad to say. We already mentioned spiritual engagement, spiritual, you know, it's not a battle of flesh and blood, but spiritual wickedness in high and low places. We're gonna see that in 2022. Mike, the worst president ever, your boy James Buchanan was elected. There's also a lot of an indigenous, like we said, mass awakenings, indigenous uprisings in 1856. Also how Neptune and Pisces rules the seas, oceanic piracy as a practice among nations was abolished, right? 16, there's also a time, I will say, right? When we look at 1690, how the Barclays, the, really the whole paper money, paper money became international. The, in the 1690 Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in Pisces. And I do feel like 2022 is gonna be a big year for the crypto. I, I know, I, me personally, I have, I guess I have, I'm old, you know, I have, I guess, personal emotions I have to process to feel fully engaged in the crypto, but I will say, I think 2022 will be a big year for that. Uh, in 1690, there was an actual act of grace bestowed by uh, the King of England. Aranos was first sighted. Uh, the eye of Jupiter was, was detected differential rotation within Jupiter's atmosphere observed. It was like we became more cosmic, more cosmically aware. Our cosmic awareness expanded in 1690. So, you know, we'll look more for that. Water technology increased in 1690. Maybe we could see some cleaning water cleaning technology or drawing water out of air technology. And uh, right here in the Wissahickon, 1690, the Rittenhouse Mill, first paper mill in the Americas established. So really explores will be the last thing I share. Really explore how this might manifest in your life. Jupiter-Neptune conjunctions occur every 13 years, and they usually occur in like successive signs, right? So 1971, Jupiter and Neptune conjuncted in Sagittarius. In 84 and 97, they both conjuncted in Capricorn. 2009, they conjuncted in Aquarius. Here's the conjunction coming up in 2022. And April 12th is the exact one, the exact date that there'll be a hardest conjunct, but it'll be like if you give a seven degree arc of influence, uh, April 3rd to 21st is the window 
where the conjunction will be most active, okay? Uh, this won't occur again until 2035 and then 2048, okay? But map your life. What was going on in 71 if he was on the planet at that point? What was going on in 84? What was going on in 97? What was going on in 09, right? Get an idea of what this might bring. So, yeah, man. I was born in 71. All right, bro. Well, I mentioned that when we, when we were talking before we came <laughs> yeah. on. And you told me you had uh, Jupiter and Neptune and Are your sun saying? and your Mercury and Sagittarius. All four. Right. So you can see, man, yo, this is going to be auspicious. I feel, well, I'm a Pisces, so. So yes, 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 yes. It's, uh, um, it's, 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 so I just spent my, and I don't mean to take this off your presentation, but. No, uh, I'm done. I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, hold on, hold on. Well, let me, let me, let me show my face again. All right. Um, so like, this is, this is the time of year when, you know, you do the planning and you do. Uh, so what I do for my birthday, I like to use the cards as well. So I'll do a spread for the O for I go by lunations. I don't go so much solar. So I, I did the next 12 lunations, lunar cycles. And I said, what is the trajectory? Because that's when the, the, the 12 lunations or 13 lunations overlaps with the one solar. So what's the overall story? And then I'll pick a card for each different lunation cycle until the, the birthday. But the point I'm trying to make is like this is a, a time for me. I've always and I think for all people at your birthday is to really think about what's coming. And so I guess for December birthdays like me, it's it's also complemented by the general people think about the year ahead by the end of the calendar year too. So so yes, this is all really um, this is this is good food for thought for me at this time. All right, good brother. Gratefully, I'm 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 quite excited about it. Watching what you had to say a second time and really kind of like thinking in into like the other stuff and 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 that I have done so far for looking at the year to come. So, so yeah. You were able to uh, sit in on the Zoom session I did? I did not do that. I did not do that, my friend. Okay. So that's why I was excited for this is because- I got this you. Because I wanted to hear what you had to say. Well, I'm gonna go more in depth, man. And I'm, I'll, it will be posted on YouTube. If anyone is in the area uh, on December 21st, one art community center, we're going to do our, we're going to do it live and direct. And that is the, the that is the tradition that, uh, sorry, man. I don't know. It's just chaos jumping off in my yeah, mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of action, excuse me. But December 21st, right here in Philly, uh, One Art Community Center, we're going to do it live and direct. And is, willing, that, does that have, does that have seating for people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to just, yeah, it's going to be, I'm going to put the flyer for it. Uh, I'm going to post it in my YouTube uh, community post, you know? Okay, okay. Yeah, and maybe I can attach it somehow to this, uh, in the comments, to this uh, presentation or somehow. But I'm going to see if I can make it. It's the 21st yeah, and you said it's at 7 o'clock? Tuesday, 6 to 10. 6 to 10? My good sister, Crystal Jones. And so uh, saying, would, would it be worth it'll be worth my time, right? Like this is this is an on, event. I would I be foolish not to come? Be foolish not to come. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The frequency is high. It's good people, man. I all right, all right. I think because you because it's January twenty twenty eight that I'll be going uh, to my other my other event in Philadelphia. Okay, what's that? That's the Masons. Oh, that's here in Philly. Well, it's in it's outside of Philly. It's not in Philly itself. It's in uh, somewhere in Chester County. All right, bro. You gonna tell the people what's up? Uh. I've been uh, uh, literally, this was the day before my birthday. So as I told you, like, I, you know, this kind of how I like to do it. Um, I get excited and like all this stuff with the 50. And then out of nowhere, I get an email from a guy who is a high ranking Freemason. And he says he is, um, he runs a group of other Freemasons who are particularly interested in esoteric research and studies. And they have a quarterly meeting and they'd like me to present. And I mean, if, if you've been watching, if you've been watching for an hour and a half, I'm certainly probably seen some of my other stuff, then, uh, then, you, you know, I talk about this group and, you know, I, I'm not a part of it. And, and, and like, I've just been caught in. There's all these ideas, like, what is this? And so, and the fact of the timing of this on, on the birthday. So, so that happened, that invitation occurred on my birthday and I have accepted and I've accepted to go with a friend, Jesse, but that will take place in January. And so what I kind of like about this is like, you know, going out, uh, what you're describing for your event on December 21st is like, that might be me um, prepping up because one month later, one, one lunation later is when, uh, is when I'll be going for that other me meeting. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, man, be in the house. It's going to be, a, we, we have, we'll <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We'll have an uplifting time when we come together at one art. And I hope other folks can do that too, because I'd like to meet people as well. Yeah, man, please come, come and be a part of this thing. You, I, there's probably at least two videos on my Rossman 188 channel of past year solstice experiences at One Art. And the 2020 forecast that I did was at One Art. Really the 2021 one that I, I did, it was in the one art complex, but in a, a separate business, plants and people. So this is one of the higher frequency places to come together in Philly. And uh, yeah, you wanna be in the house. So like hmm. I said, I'm gonna post a flyer up too. All right, I'm, re I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking at them right now. So I think that sounds fantastic. Uh, is there, are you, have you wrapped up your portion of the presentation that I'm, I'm assuming for, for tonight? I'm done, bro. You're done. Um, so, uh, let me, you, you mentioned, you mentioned this, um, in your presentation, you talked about like, now's the time to do your works. And I just want to make certain, like, I understand where you're coming from with that. That was really in the first part of the year. There are certain alignments, which, which are going to be very supportive of hello to Kim. Um, uh, she poked her head in the background. Right. Uh, uh, tell me more about what you meant by that in those dates again, if you don't mind. Sure. Jupiter is the part of ourself. Okay. That uh, is expansive, mm -hmm. is influential, is magnanimous, is mag magnetic. The part of ourself that can attract opportunities okay to expand our influence you know okay 
so we want to be very, we first, we want to be on the right frequency. Okay. On the Jupiterian frequency. All right. Okay. All right. Best way to be on the Jupiterian frequency, gratitude. Gratitude is one of the most magnanimous emotions there is, you know? Generosity, joviality, joviality means, you know, jove means Jupiter, right? Right. Uh, so be jovial. That's the best emotional state. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Mentally, be about institution building. Be about uh, mass appeal, mass communications, mass production, right? Jupiter always does it big. Jupiter don't do nothing small, okay? Uh, purple, wear purple, work with your purple crystals, amethyst, lepetalite, sigillite, rich purple stones, purple fluorite, get that uh, drink purple, not not the purple drink. <laughs> not, not, I don't drink the purple drink. Is, is this is this the season to drink it? Well, what I would is this a Kool Aid commercial? What I would recommend is the uh, butterfly PT. Ah, yes, yes, that, that is a beautiful purple, purple tea. It's beautiful purple. The sorrels, you know, sorrel and and that butterfly PT. Uh, maybe blend up blueberries in it, you know. Uh, to Just pull out your Tyrrhenian purple garb. There you go. Get your purple on. That gets you on that Jupiter frequency. All of those things. Yes, right? yes. Then, uh, like I say, you want to be about your inst like institution building, expanding your influence. Uh, and then all those themes that I mentioned were going to be active in this Jupiter Neptune Pisces season. Mm -hmm. You want to be doing things around those themes. All right. All right. Yes. Coupled with the Jupiter uh, qualities, the, the right. emotions. And so state. now the thing is with the retrograde, one of the best ways I, I try to make an analogy to we can visualize what, what's happening. So when Jupiter is going to be going direct, uh, January through May. It's okay. Like uh, Jupiter is blowing behind our sails. Like, you know, whatever we want to accomplish, Jupiter, the, the, our, you know, the wind is in our sails. And we're getting, we're getting to our goals quickly, magically. You know, it'll be like a lot of synchronicity, a lot of magic. Like I say, it's going to be that time of instant karma. It'll be a time where, like your works, if it's your intention, like I say, you can really see the fruits of redemptive atoning mm -hmm. works. And 
Yeah, once June comes though, and Jupiter goes retrograde, it'll be like a ship, a sail ship with no wind. You might have to paddle to get where you want to go, right? You're going to pray to get into the current of the ocean that might be going in that direction. But you'll have to wait until, what was that? Uh, I think November, early November, until that wind starts blowing again. Hmm. Okay? So you want to make the most. You kind of want to be close to your destination. You want to see the land. Now I see why you're saying that. You want to, you want to, you want to put your effort into play before the retrograde. Like that's that's your window. Like, like this is when everything, this is when you want to do your work done because there's going to be a time where you're not going to be working. Or if you try to work, because it, it's going to be like raining. It's like, do your work before. And if you did, you could be out in the rain. It's going to be, yeah, that, okay. I like that timeline. I like that timeline. So you got till, you got till May. And this is what's also interesting is um, uh, Venus is about to hit what? It's about to hit Pluto, then Saturn, then Jupiter. Hmm. And it hits, it, Venus will be on, on Jupiter, uh, I want to say in the May time period. So that's kind of the release. There's going to be a lot of like all of that Venus energy is going to, it's going to be hit with first Pluto and then Saturn, like there's a big bam and then it gets to Jupiter. So I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I look at that particularly, you know, whatever, whatever you, however you define relationships, but you're going to kind of go through the ringer. If you're going to do Venus, Jupiter or Venus, Pluto, and then Venus, Saturn, and then Jupiter will go and, and have its jovial influence. But that's also going to, I didn't realize is going to hit at the retrograde moment for Jupiter. Mm. So, so when looking at the timelines and looking at like, you know, the, 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 the clock above is like, that also is going to be, um, in play and i think also gonna be very supportive somehow like maybe you're not going to be doing anything but now's the time of rest perhaps but well, venus makes us reevaluate. yeah what is uh, i'm sorry venus makes us reevaluate. okay it's really important you know huh. a lot of times in this uh like commerce driven society Venus makes me makes us realize, wow, some people are so poor, all they have is money. Hmm. You know, that's often the big lesson Venus teaches people these days, you know, that hmm. if you don't have the productive relationships, if you don't have the peace of mind and, you know, a content inner world, a light heart, that, yeah, man, all that money, you really poor. Don't matter how many zeros in your bank account, you know? Yeah. You got to have those things and the cash, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, and it I, I, teaches the, us, you know? The, the reevaluate theme is really going to be stress with the the jupiter or with the with, with the saturn, pluto. Pluto. saturn for yeah sure. like they're going to take that quality you were saying and then and then really up it and make it so in your face you can't miss it yeah wow yo man i think this was good we got to make this one super long and all right so, so there's like so much jumping off yeah i got it downstairs too so i think that i think that this is a nice wrapping up point yeah i feel that 
I, I, I concur, my friend. So any, I don't have any final words. All right. Well, from one message to another, bro, salute. And I'll see you real soon. All right, Mike. Respect.